I woke up in the morning and the sun broke through the open curtains The birds sang too and they said This is a day to celebrate the savor The fruit you favor So I said okay then What is the best Hello, way everybody. to taste the fresh Welcome to the Yes, welcome to PS We Have No Plans We're back Peyton is here Woo-hoo. She's back from New York City I am, I am And um, we have a very special guest today we do. Um, my DNA, part of my family, my brother, Mr. Lovesick, mama's favorite, Colin McManus. <laughs> How about that for an intro? That was good. You're like the only person on earth that would say all that. So what? I don't think so. I mean, Kathleen's not going to call me mama's favorite. Kathleen's not going to say DNA. That's true. Kathleen is our sister. I hope she's listening. She already told us she doesn't listen, but <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. But maybe when she hears that she's been mentioned in this, she will star start boy. listening. What? You got the star boy instead. Oh, I like it. Star boy. That's good. Well, let me just kind of give everybody a backstory on Colin. I will try my best to kind of approach this as you just being who you are, an entrepreneur and not my brother. Last year, about February or so, Colin started a brand called Lovesick. It's streetwear out of LA. Um, it has now been worn by celebrities, professional athletes, uh, reality stars, you name it. And in that short period of time, he has gained upwards of 13,000 followers on Instagram and now growing on TikTok. Um, he has just dropped collection three. It's exciting. And you're working on collection four at the moment. Is that right, Call? Yeah, kind of. Um, I'm kind of all over the place, to be honest. I am going to be releasing like little things here and there until like the winter comes. Okay. So I don't know if it's going to be like a full collection. Maybe it'll be like parts of collection four that will release in like stages. Yeah. But yes, I'm working on it right now. Like, okay. So in your, um, in your field and everything, what differentiates a collection and not is it just the number of pieces that you put out at once so from my understanding a obviously putting out one piece is one piece but then there's a term called capsule and a capsule Mm -hmm. is two or more pieces and then a collection i think is four or more interesting i'd be wrong on that but i think that's Mm -hmm. what i was told but my strategy is just if i can put it out then put it out instead of just like wait and sit on it and put it all out together Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. I hate I have no patience you know that so like I don't like waiting it runs in the family (laughs) yeah so like this hat I was gonna wait till the end of the month and then I was like you know what I'm gonna put out today totally well it's funny because I think that Peyton would have a lot to kind of add to this she works at TikTok if you didn't already know that and socials are content all the time and it sounds like what you have to do is just continuously have stuff out for people content wise or content and product yeah i think content is good for growth on socials and it gives you kind of credibility that like you know you're doing you're doing it the right way but product wise yeah i'm still young so like the great thing about my brand is that you know my lover's hat that i put out over a year ago that hat is old everybody that follows me but all the new followers it's new so products like that products like the 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 logo cap 
those are like all the all of my customers already, but they're they're new to my new customers. So keeping in mind of putting new stuff out, but I really have to keep restocking old stuff because that's new for most people because I am such a baby brand. But yeah, I my since I'm small, since I have this wave that I'm riding, my goal is to be putting something out, something at least one piece once a month. That's yeah. wild. And I'm obviously not as cute and as Emily. So can you share kind of your backstory and how this came to be? You want my my full story? Yes, I do. Bring okay. it on, brother. Okay. Don't leave out any of the bad details. <laughs> People want okay, to hear. Well, I'm going to yeah. start. I'll just start with like how my fashion was in high school. How's that? That's a good I think place. Perfect. I like always thought about what I wore. I always like cared about what I wore. When I played lacrosse, I cared how I look. That was like one of the main things that people always kind of gave me shit for. I used to get, had the name like Hollywood because I always cared about how I looked instead of how, (laughs) instead of like all the other things. I mean, I played well, but so I think my fashion started on the lacrosse field because I always wanted, I was cared about how my socks and cared about my wristbands and I cared about my eye black and like my Jersey. And so I think it started there. And in high school, I wore like an array of different things. I would have like shorts down past my knees, like with the little polo signs on them. I wore polo, puffy vests, baggy jeans, Timberlands, fitted hats. And I think that was a sign of where we lived in Cleveland. Um, Totally. But then when I got to, when I left for school and I went to Arizona State, I was kind of on the West Coast, which is so much different than small town Ohio. And I found, I never had worn vans before I got my first pair of vans my denim started slimming down a little bit not like skinny jeans but like more like stacking denim um and then I started wearing a lot of flannels and stuff like that it's more of like a west coast vibe and then I really didn't care still until probably my sophomore year of college I got a job if anybody knows Arizona State there's a bar street called Mill Avenue and it's very busy it's got a couple stores on it and there's a Urban Outfitters and I got a job there and weirdest, I don't know why I was put here, but I got a job monitoring the women's dressing room. So, <laughs> yeah. So weird. But Look at that. How guys convenient. Downstairs and, girls <laughs> yeah. upstairs. and I just like stood there and like, how many items? Yes. How many items? Yes. But I remember getting that job thinking, okay, I need a little extra cash. Also there is a store discount so I can like, get clothes that I like and, and start like styling myself. So I started kind of caring about how I was dressing then. And then getting into college, like getting into my later years of college, I was definitely kind of more inclined. And my fashion always started with my shoes. Like I love shoes. I've had shoes, so many shoes growing up. I always said, if I had my shoes that I had throughout high school and college that I would have like the craziest collection, but I used to run them down in the ground, mow lawns in them and stuff like that. So Um, I started caring about my shoes a lot more in college. And then I think that just elevated my style of like trying to pair certain clothes with certain shoes, because like, I don't know if girls think about like this, but for me, I hate wearing, I hated wearing like baggy pants with slim shoes, like a Chuck Taylor, because it made my foot look really skinny. Mm -hmm. So I needed to find like a chunky shoe for my baggy pants. And then the Chuck Taylor would be really good with my skinny jeans because they're all slim. So I started caring about that stuff. And then it's funny, I, like, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but okay. I think the opposite. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Cause it's if funny. I have a baggy leg, <laughs> yeah. I want like a slim, a narrow, yeah. 
heel or something like that. Yeah. Or if I'm wearing legging leggings, I can wear a tennis shoe. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, I do think there is a difference between male and female for that because, you know, bell bottoms were so big. Remember, you know, I mean, oh, love. none of us Still were really do. like alive Still when they were do. hitting, hitting, but like those were a huge thing. And it was a wide bottom with like a, a small shoe. So I think female and male, it, cause like, if you look at like a standard male, like how to dress, like one of those very standard, like white t-shirt dress pants, they'll always tell you like slim and slim, don't get too chunky, don't get too slim, blah, blah, blah. So I think there is a difference between the girls and the, and the guys. Mm. Um, and then, so senior year, I decided that I wanted to move to California and I wanted to get into fashion. I just didn't know like what I would do. And then at that point, I, had you been out to California at all? Like, did you yes, know so LA or did you know the scene or were you kind of going yeah. in blind? I've never been, had never been to LA. The only place in California I had been was two years prior. Oh no, I, I might've been gone out since, but the first time I saw California was sophomore year and in college. And we went to La Jolla, which is um, Northern San Diego. And it's got houses that sit on these cliffs and it's like wow. 10 20 million dollar houses and I had never seen anything like that because we're from Cleveland Ohio um I only saw the Atlantic Ocean before so I saw this and I was like holy crap palm trees everywhere it's beautiful weather and I started like wow I love California yeah. and then that's when I kind of think I think that moment is when I decided that I wanted to move to California and then obviously years later everybody had left school I was doing an extra lap um because I wasn't good in school. It must then, have been the McManus way because I did. And so did Kathleen. God bless yeah. our parents. <laughs> but my best friend and roommate now, he was, he moved back home. And so I came out to California like every month and came and visited him just like, cause it's California to Arizona. It's a six hour drive, super easy. And so when I was out here, we went out one night uh, at this club in West Hollywood called No Vacancy. Um, if you're ever in LA, you, have you been? Yeah, I have. I live in West Hollywood. Oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little speakeasy. You walk through like this, like bed that opens up into this little staircase. It's so cool. I haven't been since that, that night, which is crazy to think about, but, and we were just partying and I met a guy and we just started talking about fashion. And then he ended up offering me a job at this brand called Minimal. And he said, Hey, I need a young kid to work my sales team. And then we learned that my high school teammate or my college teammate and one of my best friends was actually employed by him oh. um, for another brand, Ian Anderson. And uh, so that kind of just was like the icing on the cake. And he's like, Oh shit, this is a friend of a friend. I can trust this kid somewhat. Like maybe this is a good guy. Came out to California um, in June or in May signed a contract. And I moved to California in June. So that's just me getting to California. Sorry if I was long-winded there. Oh, no, okay. that's, I mean, if no, but I think that's so interesting. And one question before you move on, did you, it seems like you always had like a North star and like a vision and something came to you and you're like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get it. How did, where do you acquire this confidence? Like you were even mentioning you got shit for the things you liked, but you still were like, whatever I like them. I'm going to go follow this. I don't know where I got the confidence because deep <laughs> down, I don't, I feel like I don't have the confidence. I, I think it's an outer shell thing mm. that I portray it because maybe I feel differently inside. I don't know. Um, like when I get changed, I have to change like six times because sometimes I get really like insecure about what I'm wearing and it's mm -hmm. like, 
it's crazy. So I don't know if I, I mean, maybe I just was faking it the whole time, just be telling myself and just keep trying to tell myself like certain things. But I do remember in college, like wearing certain pieces of clothing and my friends kind of giving me shit. And then, you know, six, seven months later, everybody's wearing that thing and then they're wearing it. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, okay. So this is like, maybe I'm just a little ahead of the curve with my friends. And I'm not, I'm definitely the most fashion forward with my friends. Uh, a lot of athletes and like kids that just, I want, I don't want to say don't give a fuck about their style, but like they don't put a lot of effort into it. So it's just mm-hmm. like, wake up, put a t-shirt on jeans, shoes out the door. And I was just a little different. So I don't know if I ever really had that confidence. Yeah. I think I may have just portrayed it. Right. Do you think th- th- this just kind of dawned on me? Do you think, you know, growing up in, in small town, Ohio, that kind of gave you the ammunition and drive to be like, I'm not, I'm not staying here. I want more. I want to separate myself from this and your fashion helped you. And you weren't going to let maybe somebody snarking at you stop you from that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 100%. I, I remember my friends in high school were always like, Colin's going to leave and he's not going to be our friend anymore. Like yeah. he's going to, he's going to leave Ohio because I always knew since like I was freshman or sophomore in high school that I wanted to leave Ohio, that I wanted something different, something like more opportunity. I knew I wanted to leave Ohio mainly because of weather. And I think it's, it's for all the McManus kids and, and every McManus there is that we don't like shitty weather. Um, mm-hmm. and it affects us. We get sad, <laughs> sad boy, uh, sad girl. <laughs> I think that was the main thing in mind. Main thing in mind was definitely weather, but I also think, yeah, I think being in a small town, you know, you think there's bigger and better things out there and you want to explore that and have an opportunity to maybe go after something. So I think that was a huge factor in, in me leaving for sure. Oh, that actually makes sure. a lot of sense. And as someone who grew up in California, I feel like you definitely take it for granted when you live in a place with access and nice weather and shit that you like you kind of overlook because you're like, oh, this is just normal life. But when you are in a small town, you are maybe experiencing extreme weather conditions and all these other things. You're like, there's better. And I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get that. It almost instills a drive. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's of course people who have drive who grow up in California and other nice places, but I think it is, there's something to that. Oh yeah. I think I unconsciously was thinking that I wasn't right. like putting it out there. Like I'm going to be this person. I'm going to be like, bang right. it. I wasn't ever saying that, but I think in the back of my mind, my, the moves I was making and the decisions I was making to go wherever I was, was me wanting something bigger for sure. Absolutely. Right. And I feel like you always had your, like Peyton says, or just said you had your eyes on something more like you idolize these athletes or these people like I know we'll get into this later, but LeBron James, he's from where we're from, but he made something huge of himself. Mm -hmm. And it's just being able to see outside of like your little bubble and knowing that you can get out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a, we're lucky too to be able to see that because I think a lot of people don't see it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Kind of living the present and not, and I know living in the present is definitely the best way to live. But I think as a young person that, you should be looking forward and you should be trying to make goals and, and, you know, trying to establish where you're going to be in life and who you want to be. And yeah, I definitely didn't know who I wanted to be, but I knew that whoever I was, where I was, wasn't what I wanted at that time. Right. That makes sense. So then from the club and from your first (laughs) job, I think I read you, you jumped into like 
finance or tech or something. Didn't you? Definitely not finance. (laughs) None of us do well with money either. (laughs) It's not money. It's numbers. Oh, it was med tech. It was med tech. Yeah. Numbers are killing. Numbers just kill me, but um, it was medical sales. So medical sales. I was doing, I was, had a great job. We were downtown LA. I got a bulldog. She grew up in the office with us. Like, oh, everything was really cool. I was young living in California. I was living in Hermosa beach. We walked to the sand like five minutes from my house or my little apartment. And then I think as I started living in California and seeing all the opportunities, seeing the things that I wasn't doing, Mm -hmm. seeing the things that were available, but I couldn't obtain my, my style more, my lifestyle, what I couldn't keep up with the lifestyle that I wanted to live. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, man, I'm not making any money. I'm not making any money. And then, so I separated from minimal and in college, I always said that medical sales would be a great job because all I knew is that these guys were making a couple hundred thousand a year selling implants or selling like screws or whatever it was. So I was like, this would be a great job, but I never really had an opportunity to do that one because of my, my major and two, because I didn't really know anybody that could help Mm -hmm. get a position. It's all about experience or who, you know, and I didn't have any, so that wasn't an option for me. So after three years at minimal, I uh, left, I took like a summer off and my good friend's buddy's dad or my good friend's dad, who I played lacrosse with in college was like, Hey, um, this company is looking for a sales rep in Southern California. Uh, they want someone young. I think you'd be great for the position interviewed, got the job. And then I was like, Oh, got a minivan. And I was like, wow, this is going to be great. Like I got two cars. I live in Brentwood by myself. I'm making all this money. Like I'm going to climb my way up the corporate ladder. I'm going to stay here for two years. Then I'm going to go to striker. I'm going to make $500,000 a year. I'm going to start a family. This is going to be great. And about a year and a half in, I was just like miserable and anxiety ridden. And it was just a really tough job for someone that didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. I I'm- never fully committed. Go on, Em. Oh, and, and I was just going to say, and also somebody that has like creativity in their heart. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if that maybe wasn't completely realized yet. Right. I d- definitely don't. I still don't think I'm that creative, which is crazy, but it just, I just knew that, you know, there's millions of people probably feeling that what I felt is like, I just knew that this was not for me. Mm-hmm. People would always say stuff to me. Like when I went to hospitals, like, man, you work for sunrise. Like, I'm surprised. Like you just don't really fit the part. Or my friends would be like, you're in medical sales. Like you don't look like you'd be doing that. <laughs> blah 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 blah. And was it the even, tattoos and gold chains that gave you away? <laughs> um, had less than, but live yourself, buddy. Go for I it. I do remember being in Can- or in Denver for our conference, and the Canadian people, like that, were worked for our company. Like, kind of bullied me. They're like these older what? people, women and men. It was actually three women, but like bullied me on what I was wearing because I was wearing like slim khakis with like a tight button down like um short sleeve shirt and like yeah. Alexander McQueen sneakers that are really chunky they like were making fun of me and it actually like m- people noticed and like multiple people after like came over and like talked to me and were like hey are you okay like that was really fucked up like blah blah, blah. I was like it's all good like and that I never knew that when that happened I was like okay yeah I'm you should have told them to go play in the fucking traffic I know <laughs> 
<laughs> when that happened, I knew I was like, okay, that's, I'm definitely not supposed to be here. Right. Um, and then I started plotting and then I thought I wanted, I knew I wanted to get back in fashion, but I didn't know what capacity. And, you know, I was applying for like small, like marketing roles or like, does, I don't even know, just random ass roles for companies that I knew in Los Angeles, didn't get any bites, had no idea what I was going to do. Um, and then I think I talked to M, Kathleen and mom all separately. And they were kind of my cheerleaders to get it going. They're like, what if maybe you started your own brand? And I never thought I could do that because it's a lot of work. Starting my, starting a company, just saying that it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm 26, 27 at the, seven at the time, probably. So I was like, no, there's just no way. 19, 27. Then I think just you, I think honestly, it was you and mom and that pushed me were like, Hey, just try and see what happens. And then I created that Instagram page. Didn't have a name, but just was starting to plot kind of cool stuff. And one thing about me is I hate asking for help or I hate asking for things like directly asking for help. And one night I was just, uh, on my Instagram and I was drinking wine by myself at my apartment. And if I wasn't drinking wine, I probably wouldn't have done this, but I was a little (laughs) tipsy and I put out a story and I, it was a couple paragraphs and it said like, Hey, I'm going to start this brand. I don't know the name. I don't have any clothes. I'm just, I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, but I'm going to start posting cool lifestyle pics. And if you want to follow me, follow me. If not, that's cool. And so I just started posting pics and I did that for like a year. And over a year, I think I gained maybe like 500 followers. And that's, then, that's huge without like a product or like you had a direction, but you weren't really sure where it was going yet. So there's a lot of really cool pages on Instagram that are aesthetic, just aesthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just aesthetic. And that's kind of how I was like, okay, going to kind of try to do something like that. Just post really dope pictures that people may have not seen. And hopefully I'll get followers. And I was also obviously like commenting on every page, liking every page, like DMing people, following them, blah, 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 like doing everything you do on social media. And that was in 2019, did that for a year. And then in October, still working medical sales, doing little incremental things to like get closer and closer to actually like having a brand. But I was really 70, 30 into medical because the job was so demanding. So I really wasn't doing that much. And then obviously COVID hit. Um, we told, we were told our sales team is going to be okay because, you know, we're making the money. We need to bring the revenue in five months later, October rolls around. And then I got furloughed and I right then decided that on my furlough, I'd rather just leave and be paid out than come back at a later date because of my goals I had and how I was feeling in this position. Mm -hmm. And then they paid me out and I packed my car, put little P in the back and we drove from California to South Carolina. I think I told my dad about it maybe briefly before, because I I do remember, and I was thinking about this on my drive earlier that I was kind of scared to tell my dad because mm. I hated my job and it was well, like, and, and say a little bit why, like daddy's a Marine, you know? And so he comes from a very different background of work and like what hard work means and that you don't just quit something because it's hard or you don't like it. So it is different in that sense, but at the same time, our dad's really creative. And it's fashion though. Like he hates dad, fashion. Absolutely. <laughs> He's had the same shirt and pants since I've, since like high school. 
Yeah. yeah. But he He's loves like, flowers. Okay. He can draw. He loves music. Like he loves animals. He has this rough exterior, but he has this soft innerness. And that's how I Colin is like that. That would, that's so crazy that you just said that because that's how I explained myself earlier, not even thinking about dad like that. But oh yeah, true. Yeah. I said that to you one time. Felt. I said you and daddy are more alike than you think. Like yeah. you're exactly like you just have different hobbies and interests. Right. Mm. So basically I told him, got that off my chest. And then I was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm getting lazy in California. I'm not working out. I'm smoking a lot of weed. We're drinking a lot. Like, what if I came out to South Carolina for a little bit and kind of recharged and, and worked on this business plan with you and try to work this out. And he's like, absolutely drove to South Carolina, spent three and a half months there, maybe, which was the basis of this company. 100% started there. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have probably been where I'm at now because I wouldn't have planned accordingly. Like I should have. And, you know, dad pushed me to like do my shit the right way. And like, yeah, just be smart about it. And then got a business plan together, which took me probably two and a half months to get together. Then I got my financing put together and I got my first four designs put together. And then I left, I think I left at the end of November, no, no, October, November, in December. I left in December, I think. And then stopped in Nashville. We all got COVID. Stopped in Nashville. Got Remember COVID. that? Yeah. Oh, I know. That Dallas hotel room was absolutely, and then I got robbed. <laughs> Yeah, then oh, he God. Yeah, my whole car was robbed. The poor guy. I felt like I think I gave everybody COVID because I had this thing at work and it was oh, like everybody really? was kind of I know. One hundred percent did. <laughs> it's not thing. I know I, I did. And it just made so he had to drive back to California with COVID, miss an engagement party for one of his best friends, and then be in this hotel. And then he got robbed. And my it had like and they took like your clothes and all of your like designs. It took my clothes, my iPad, my uh, Jesus, my watches, my sunglasses, my computer, my yeah. luggage. Yeah, it your took tattoo machine. Tattoo Thank God machine. you tattooed me before that. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, my God. So got back to California, right, and then that February, my my production was finished, um, and all my products were in. I had two shirts and two t-shirts and then I launched on Valentine's day in 2021. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is wild. And you know, what's kind of funny is I've talked to a lot of small business owners at work at TikTok, and, and then also just like personally, and so many people have a similar mindset to you where they're like, I'm not naturally creative. I'm just like sort of, you know, or doubt themselves in some way. And then just do it. And it's so funny how a lot of us, Emily, we have this, even with this podcast, like, we're like, Oh, do we do this? Is it embarrassing? Is it weird? Like, do we know how to do this? So many people have that. It's like just doing it and just That's actually, right. It's like, everyone can, you just have yeah. to do it. It's like an illusion. It's like you, yeah. when you're at that point, it looks like a huge jump and you're like, Oh my yeah. God, like my legs. But then you jump and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like foot. Right. You just take one step at a time. And Peyton and I have talked about this a lot. And Carl, I feel like you and I have too. It's like, I think our fear of doing something is either it not working out or what somebody's going to say to you, like, how, why are you doing that? Right. How dare you do that? Like, that's not your lane. And you, if you take a step back and think about that, that's probably somebody that's not following what maybe they want to do or uh -huh. right. Like sometimes negativity comes from their own self-doubt or self -doubt, uncertainty insecurities, hundred percent. I, yeah. I definitely got some of that. And I am, like I said before, I 
am insecure in a lot of ways. So I definitely thought about that. And I think that was a thing that was holding me back as well. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wasn't sure about starting anything either, because it's all on me, right? If I work mm-hmm. for another company, like I can fall into this fishbowl with a bunch of other fish and may not mm-hmm. be noticed and maybe work my way up. But the company is like, this is your thing. You ask people to follow you. You ask people to support you. Like, don't fuck it up or don't make it look dumb because mm-hmm. then you're going to get backlash. And I'm not great with criticism, I'm getting better with it, but I, I think- I don't think anybody ha- is. I think it's yeah, hard. I think you having get used this, to it. Having this has, been, has helped a lot with criticism though, because then it's just like, it's just more so off my back rather than me holding on to it and thinking it's a per- more personal thing. So, mm-hmm. right. Well, okay. So, if we fast forward now to today, and I think this will pertain to everything from your start to where you are now, how important have your core group of friends been in this process? Because, I mean, you've always had a huge group of friends from high school to college, and you're all, you kind of have, you've been able to maintain those friendships. And from my perspective, being able to see it from the start, but now also on social media, they seem to have been a huge push on getting the image of lovesick out. Yeah, 100%. uh, Right on money. I had a huge group of friends at Arizona State. I had a small core group, but I had a huge like cast of friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, And I credit a lot of the early success and the ability to get it out in the public and people seeing it to my friends at Arizona State. Not saying friends before haven't supported me, but Arizona, that community is, it's like a small community. Like the people that party, the people that go out, the people that have fun, although the school is gigantic, one of the biggest in the country, there's a core group of people that go out and like do the same things. And my friends were the first ones to be buying stuff besides my family members on the launch day. Whether they liked it or not, I don't know. I mean, a lot of them wear it still to this day, but, you know, it doesn't matter. They supported me and most of them are in Arizona. And then I, other friends from college started supporting me. And then I just started seeing it all around Arizona. So I think without my group of friends from Arizona State, I don't think I would have had that initial punch like I did 100%. Wow, that's wild. How did you, so how did you break into past the friends and family? Like, how did you get into all these different, like I heard Emily list off like celebrities and NBA teams. Like, how did you go and broaden your audience? Um, a lot, just communicating on Instagram. I learned from starting this brand that everybody you think is uh, unobtainable is obtainable with just a message. It's just whether they want to look at it or not mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why my instagram page is that little yellow square right now is because if i send a dm and maybe a celebrity's scrolling through his thousands of dms that he's seeing and he sees like a yellow dot compared to all the other thumbnails he goes oh what's that and then he might click on it and then he might read the message so it's almost just like a little like a red light that's a smart technique i know i'm gonna put that in our pocket (laughs) i feel like you've been giving us these little tidbits this is great like this is what we want from you Mm -hmm. and that's that's huge like i would have never thought about that yeah so a a lot of them was instagram messaging one of my ideas was one of my marketing ideas i learned it from this guy named jerry lorenzo who owns the brand fear god big big brand and he used to be a club promoter. He's obviously, his dad was in the MLB and everything. So he knew a lot of people, but he was in the clubs. And when he started his brand, he would start wearing it to the club and he started giving it out to people in the club that work there. 
because there was always eyes on these people. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have that similar situation in Arizona. I know girls that are bottle service girls. I know bartenders. I know the managers. So I started sending these like good looking girls hats or like t-shirts and then they started wearing them. And then all of a sudden everybody in Scottsdale is wearing lovesick because everybody that parties is going to those bars that are seeing these people in lovesick. And one of the reasons like I have the logo on front, like M's wearing, I wanted to originally put out things that have a little punch to them, but also is are simple enough where it's not like super loud and kind of gross, like so mm. much going on that you don't want to put it on. And if I would have put out like just blank hats with an L, nobody would have known what that is. But the fact mm-hmm. that it's stamped lovesick across the front, the branding is perfect, right? Everybody can see it. Oh, it's called lovesick. That's what the brand is. So, you know, people are seeing the, the name and then they can kind of catch on and make their own decision whether they want it or not. Mm-hmm. But going back to your original question, sorry kind of branching out to like celebrities, it was honestly mostly messaging people. My first celebrity that wore lovesick was Andre Drummond, who is who was a Laker center um, two years ago. He's now a Chicago Bull. He was on the Brooklyn Nets last year. And I just got a DM one day from his manager um, that saw oh. one of my hats on Instagram Explore page. And he was like, hey, like I just saw this brand my client Andre like loves it. I just showed him, would you want to like gift him? And I was like, yeah, hundred percent. Like when and where? And he goes, come over to the house right now. We're in West Hollywood. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. Okay. So I get in my car and I drive her to West Hollywood, briefly meet him, talk to his kind of his guys more, gift him. And then a week later he wore it in the tunnel, walking into the Los Angeles Lakers Phoenix Suns playoff game. Wow. And when I saw that, I fucking lost my mind. It was like, it was just so, it was, it was just kind of crazy to see like how fast I was able to do that. And the fact that he liked it enough to wear it, knowing that, you know, this is prime time sports television. There's cameras, there's it's national broadcasting. And he just decided to wear it. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And, and those, then, those tunnel photos, they're like, like they big. really think about their fashion on those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So to make, uh, like you just said, like for him to choose that, that means that's huge. The Brooklyn Nets actually made like a catwalk walking into their, um, Oh, I love it. Oh, really? Like lights and like a big sign that they can walk down to get photos taken. Wow. Oh, it's like a big part of the culture for sports now, like being dressed up and, and looking your best. And and then from him, I think that really helped people see the brand a little more. Mm -hmm. And then a guy named Buddy Heald, saw the brand and he's become a good friend of mine and been wearing it and he's a player for the Pacers and then from Buddy other people are wearing it and once the celebrities started wearing it or athletes other athletes started seeing it um and then it just kind of snowballed my latest person Obi Odell Beckham that I've been trying to get on I've been trying to send him stuff forever um and it hasn't worked out but then an opportunity arised where I was talking to one of his managers and he needed something for me and I needed something from him and I told him that if he gave me OBJ's address, then I gave his other client whatever he wanted. And so I just sent him a box of gear. And then a week later, he's wearing it in a workout video. But the I've been lucky. You know, I think that I do have a good product and I think it it is eye-catching and, it, and it's good quality. But I also think that in all of this and starting your own business and and doing something that people like, you do have to have a bit of luck. And I 
definitely think that I have some luck as well. It's not all just because my, my shit's like super cool, but like I've made connections and I've got lucky with like introductions and we've got to where we are. And I mean, we're still really small though. So, you know, who, who knows where we'll be in five years. But you seem to deeply understand like branding. Cause I think a lot of what people say, the fear of starting their own business is like, well, there's already a shit ton of people that already do the same thing or build the same product. And what I hear from, you know, business people, they're like, well, go look at a refrigerator and see all the different types of waters. Like if people can brand water and you can sell a bunch of different waters, you can sell pretty much anything. So it's like, I, I feel like you must have this really deep understanding of branding and like entrepreneur and just like business and sales. Is that from your background? Do you think? Yeah. So at minimal, the fashion uh, job, I was doing their social media so I already knew my, and we did a lot of influencer marketing. This is 2015. Interesting. So influencer marketing was really picking up on Instagram because Instagram in 2010 was, if you guys remember, it was just an app that you post pictures of yourself yeah. and you make friends. And then right. at five years, like there became influencers and people were getting very famous. Right. And then in 15, we started doing a lot of influencer marketing and I was in control of it. So I knew my marketing plan from the Instagram side, what it was going to be. I'm going to give stuff to certain people and have them influence their community. And on the other side with branding at minimal, all of our clothes that we made were just blanks. So they were like blank t-shirts, no printing or blank hoodies, no printing, like jeans, no printing. And I remember always, I'm like, Matt, like that was my boss. I usually don't like saying his name, but it's another story. Um, (laughs) I was like, what if we just put like minimal on the back? And he goes, no, I don't like any branding. And I always wanted to like do little inputs. And this brings me back to another thing. It's like, and I think one of the reasons why I wanted to start a brand is because when we were making stuff at minimal, I was probably fifth in line there out of like 10 people, maybe less. So I was like in the middle, kind of towards the top, not top, but like just tenured. And Matt would give us opportunity to be like, Hey, how does this fit? Do do you want to change it a little bit? Do you think it would be better this way? And I always kind of put input in, didn't really have any of my stuff go through obviously, but small inputs. And I always wanted to have some branded stuff, but he never wanted it. And I always thought to myself, like, man, if I could just take that pant right there and like make it a little baggier and like put a pocket here or make those shorts like a little higher and like a little less wide and put a different drawstring in, they would look so much cooler. And I always thought that to myself, like, man, I just want to have that opportunity to, to make my own stuff to like mm. make what I want to make. Yeah. You recognize things that were missing that you wanted. And I think that right. that's some, that's something that Peyton and I have talked about. Like you knew there was an audience because you are your own audience. Right. If you so want it. I, somebody else does. Another reason I started it, I'm kind of just remembering all this as we talk now, is because, especially with hats, like you can see his hat, there's like a, the crown is, it's called a mid profile. And then if I put a hat on like this, it's like a high profile. So it's like way bigger, you know, know, it's a way bigger. Mm. And I always was like, man, I want this hat. I want hats that like fit me the right way. And like when you order a hat offline, you don't always know how big it's going to be or not. And you're always, you sometimes you're disappointed or sometimes it doesn't look right on your head. And I was, I was like, man, I'm missing pieces in my closet. Like, what if I just made my own pieces? I know that I have pretty good style. I think other people would like them too. If I just made stuff that I like. 
And that's another thing with lovesick. Like I'm just making right now. I'm, I'm learning everything as I go. I have no experience in anything I've done really besides a little bit of Instagram marketing, but right now I'm just making things that I really like in hopes that other people see the style of it and be like, Oh, well, I like that too. Because I know my style isn't singular. I know other people like the way I dress. I know other people like the clothes that I buy just like you. And just like M, you know, people probably see your stuff like, Oh, I like that too. I like that too. And that's how I thought. And so if I just said, if I make pieces that I don't have that I think are cool, other people will buy them. And I've been lucky so far. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I feel like you also identified your superpower at like a young age. Like you always knew that you liked fashion and in a similar way, Emily, you and I have always known we've loved talking and hearing stories and we're like, this is a great avenue for us. So I feel like that's another great advice, but we did want to ask if three years ago before you started everything, like what, what advice would you give that version of you? Um, be patient. Number one, I have no patience still to this day. Um, be patient would be number one and two would be just go for it. Um, I get a lot of DMS now about kids that like, I'm trying to start their own brands and I try to give them my best advice possible. But, you know, I had work, I had been working on lovesick for almost a year and I literally wasn't, I was scared to make that jump of leaving my job and put going fully into it. And then as soon as that happened, everything started changing. Um, it changed slow, but it started changing for me. And now, you know, I, I've been, I've been blessed to not have to ever work a second job while I've been working love, while I've been creating lovesick. A lot of people have to have their side job and then work on their side gig. And then eventually it'll come around to make enough money. But you know, obviously my path is a little harder because I don't have the extra cash like other people do. But I think the number one piece of advice would be just, it's so corny. And I think it's a little cliche and not really thought out, but just go for it. Because um, looking back, I was holding myself back by not just diving into it and like committing to it because I was scared. And I think a lot of people feel that way. It's like they can't quit their job because they're scared because they're making $4,000 a month and there's, they got a car payment and they got rent and they have a dog and they may have a girlfriend and they have bills. And if I quit my job, then what the hell am I going to do? And I had been fortunate enough to have a good support system with my family that, you know, helped me in times that I needed nothing like crazy, but helped me in times that I needed. And, um, but that biggest part of this whole thing was me saying, okay, I just got to go for it. I got to, I got to leave my insecurities behind me and I have to at least try. I'm 28. I don't want to be medical sales when I'm 35. And I told myself that. So this is my opportunity to do it. And that was pretty much it. Right. Going back one second though, I think Emily can contest this. I don't know if I ever knew I liked fashion, but I think I Mm. got a like of fashion from my mama. Oh, she's going to love that you said that. She listens to every episode. And when I told her, she asked me to, (laughs) side note, she asked me to do something with her this evening. I was like, normally if I say I can't, she's like, okay, okay. I was like, because we have a special guest on the podcast tonight. It's Colin. And like her text back was, oh, great. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. She goes, make sure, when is it coming out? I was like, Thursday, I'll send you the link. Don't worry. As soon as it's done, she goes, what a fantastic episode. I'm like, oh, I know it will be mama. loves Burberry and she just oh, likes yeah she just likes the finer things and like I love I it. think I just saw that 
And, you know, I would always be with her, you know, when you're a kid and you're following your mom around like the department store, like waiting for her to be done shopping. And it's like the worst thing in the world. And you got to sit on the chair or the sit on the bench <laughs> while she tries on shoes. It's like every boy has gone through that. And I think I started just having like an, a notice for it when I was little because of her. That makes sense. Mm. And you guys actually, that's funny. You took a similar path, like in a small town, mama's style always stuck out. Right. Oh, yeah, she did. It, it always did. And I love that. And now like she still does it. And she's always, she always looks very good. Chic, yeah. very chic. Well, love call that. as we start to like wind down on this, do you, I feel like this is a question like a lot of people have a hard time getting. And I also do feel like you're, you're a climber. You're never going to see like, you're never at that spot, but do you feel like there will be a moment in your career that you'll be like, I made it. And if it, if you do like, what would that be? What, if you could think of it, like, what would that moment be or who would it be with? Honestly, I don't. Good for you. Um, I, I, I want that. I a hundred percent really want that, but just listening to people that have started businesses and listening to successful people, they kind of all say the same thing. It's like, you're always like waiting for that moment where you feel different or where like things are going to change and you're like, Oh my God, this is it. And maybe like a press release about the brand or maybe like a fashion show that we do, or maybe an event that we hold and and we have like, you know, people that I looked up to, or maybe something like that. I'll feel slightly like that, but I feel, I don't know if I'll ever feel like I made it. Um, and maybe, it, maybe it will only feel like that if I'm financially secure. I don't really know, but yeah. Um, I, for some, and I, I don't know if it's good for me to feel like that either, because then maybe I might get complacent and I might kind of lose the, the, like the hunger. So I kind of just tell myself, just keep going and try to enjoy the present. You know, it's hard for me to do saying that out loud, but I don't know if I'll ever really get to that point where I'm just like, I made it. Like I made mm-hmm. it. I, I got people telling me right now, like, dude, you're killing it. You're ma- like, you're doing so much cool shit. And I'm just like, man, I live a, I live a quiet life. Like I don't really do much. Like I, I, I feel well, you like put I, your head down and that's why you're right. It's working. Like you're not letting yourself be distracted by probably a lot of things that guys your age are distracted right. by guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I'll ever feel like I made it. I, I think someone asked me this the other day, actually, like, would you feel like you kind of like are submitted or cemented in like the industry now. And I said, and I think what I said was like, if there was like, and I'm just naming this company because I know I read a lot of articles on it, but if there was like a Ford's, a Forbes article about lovesick, maybe Mm -hmm. like up and coming like fashion brand, maybe that would like make me feel like, wow, that's we're we're making it. Mm -hmm. But personally, I I don't know. I don't know if it might, I don't know if it's even good for me to think that way. I get that. I get that. It keeps your drive going and it keeps you focused on now and then how you can keep growing instead of like, oh, if I get there, then then I'm there, you know, I made it instead of, and then you rest on it. My mind is easily influenced. So like, I kind of have to freaking really like tell myself multiple times over and over what I need or what, like what I need to do. So I don't know if telling myself that I made it is even good for me. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Freddie, if you can hear him, agrees with you. <laughs> so, Freddie. Freddie oh loves lovesick. He's waiting for a bandana. Yeah, we're coming. Oh. Puppy collection coming up. We're coming soon. Sorry, I love it. Gotta wait. Good. I love it. 
Uh, well, this is so cool. This is so awesome to hear your story. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for having me. I've yeah. been a great time. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And before we sign off, I would be doing a disservice if I don't say, call mama, call daddy, call Kathleen. <laughs> and this is the creator of Lovesick. And you better know the name because it's Double going L. to the moon. Double L. Double L. L. Don't forget. We're going to the moon, boy. Thanks for listening. And I woke up in the morning and the sun broke through the open curtains. The birds sang too, and they said, This is a day to celebrate the savor. So I said, Okay, then. What is the best way to taste the fresh flavor?